Don't worry, Rob was totally ready for this week's podcast. <laughs> <laughs> this is Corey, and this is the Other Anthem Podcast. Good afternoon, everybody. It's Rob. Welcome to episode 340 of the Other Anthem Podcast, coming to you from the hashtag OTA LA Studios. Hi, above the one to the freeway in downtown Los Angeles, California. Thank you for joining us. Yes. Uh, thank you for listening on your podcast of choice. The easiest way, anchor.fm forward slash Other Anthem. You go there, you find the direct link to the app that you like to use the most. Uh, really the easiest way to do it. And don't forget, we are available on video every single week. Not only do we record live every single week on Monday, but you'll find the episode live on YouTube every Tuesday. Indeed, indeed. Uh, we start this week in Michigan. <laughs> you all right? 100% ready. 100% ready for this episode. <laughs> we start this week in Michigan where uh, Governor Gretchen Wh- Whitmer was at the center of a kidnapping plot that the FBI was able to put the kibosh on um and basically 13 people have now been arrested in uh in the the plot to kidnap the governor and i was just reading over some of the details finer details of the story and this shit is crazy um basically a bunch of guys sort of met if you remember correctly there was a uh a bunch of armed men showed up at the Michigan State House once the shutdown order started. Yes, of course. And aren't we all ready for the episode <laughs> today? All of us, <laughs> collectively, all of us. Uh, yes, but there are a bunch of armed men showed up at the Michigan State House, and uh, a as couple you of do. Them. Yeah. Wait, wait. Let me guess. Were they a diverse group of all different races? No, mostly white guys. <laughs> <laughs> mostly white men. Um, but they. Uh, uh, Members of the group who showed up were the uh, Wolverine Watchmen, who is a... Okay, uh, no, but seriously, what was their group name? The Wolverine Watchmen. Yeah, oh, that yeah. was really it. <laughs> yeah. Okay, okay. Well, I'm sure that they went, uh, like me, I'm sure they went by something online that was very straightforward, like Robert N. Cheek. That was their, their call sign. <laughs> well, they couldn't sure. decide whether or not they liked Wolverine or the Watchmen more, so okay. they decided to just... No, Put it together. Not why, yeah. That's not at all why they did that. No, no. <laughs> uh, they... Uh, they met in the basement of a vacuum shop several times to discuss their plot. They left their cell phones outside so that nobody could record, but somebody was wearing a wire, so <laughs> there was that. Turns out uh, the feds were there. Yeah, so they knew about that plan. Uh, basically, that one was around them literally just grabbing her and then taking her away and holding a kangaroo court trial where they find her guilty of treason, mm-hmm. and then because the punishment for treason is death, they would kill her. So that was part of the plan. There was also another version where they were looking for uh, blowing up her boat at the lake house that she lives at, her a vacation boat. house. At yeah, her lake house. Yes. Right. Yeah. So they went there in a three-car caravan and took videos and notes about what and what couldn't be detected by the police. They figured they were going to need to spend $4,000 on explosives to blow up the bridge that would keep the police from getting there to put out the fire on the boat. Uh there's just a whole lot of stuff that uh, is going to be troubling when they get to court and are trying to explain why they were not part of a conspiracy to abduct the governor, to Arguably, kidnap the governor. There was less planning for the 9-11 attacks than yeah. there was for this. Yeah. Uh, those guys were like, planes, okay, uh, here's the buildings you're looking at. Now you have to learn to fly. The most complicated part of that plan was like, learn to take off and fly a plane. Yeah. Do you need to learn to land? Nope, not part of the plan. All right, <laughs> fair enough. These guys like... And by the way, if you wrote in a script that a bunch of overweight, middle-aged white guys yeah. met in a vacuum shop basement to start a conspiracy, the notes on that the first act, yeah. you're like, okay, get, listen, 
It's a bit much. I Okay. It's a uh, little too on the nose. <laughs> yeah. They also, I mean, like after the initial conversation at the vacuum shop, they went to one of the guy's house mm-hmm. and he lives way out way in the sticks. Mm-hmm. Apparently no traffic lights, but three churches in this town. Uh, and, me <laughs> and uh, uh, you know, behind his like prefab house with the Confederate flag and the, the Trump banner, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, they took target practice to uh, prepare themselves for when they would have to abduct the governor. Mm-hmm. Did they use her image on any of the targets? I don't know. There wasn't a... I I didn't read about that specifically, but I'm sure that's one of those things that come up in court. And it's just like... I did see... Well, why did State Exhibit A... A, Why is this the the target you chose to use? A Uh, picture of Gretchen Whitmer? I I did see the uh, three waste management dumpsters outside of his house, though, by the way, which is uh, classy. Yeah. Um, Yeah, it's... uh, And and, uh, we talked about in the pre-show meeting, but the... Do anyone who is uber surprised about this you shouldn't have been white militias in michigan not a new thing michigan has been a strong malicious state since before it was a state essentially but in 1990s uh 1992 i think most specifically timothy mcveigh and uh, terry nichols who would later become the bombers for the uh, alfred p murrah building in oklahoma city actually joined up with a uh, militia in Michigan. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe, if I remember correctly, that McVeigh met them outside of Ruby Ridge. Uh, and they said, hey, if you're ever in the area, come and you can join our yeah, militia. Like selling like bumper stickers. Of, yes. Like- <laughs> yes, that would be what he was doing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the Turner Diaries, which uh, if you haven't read that, it's <laughs> interesting read. Um, and uh, yeah, so then he went out there and joined them. And in fact, so he learned some explosives in the uh, in the army. But apparently he honed his explosive skills with the Michigan militia where he was. Uh, And you're not going to teach somebody to build a 4,500-pound bomb uh, in the militia. But what you can do is teach them how to build a 100-pound bomb and then scale up. Just do it a bunch more times. Once you know how to do a 100-pound bomb, and it's like, all right, so I'm going to have to make a real big version of this. How would I do that? Okay, well, economies (laughs) of scale. Let's figure out how to scale it up from there. Yeah. So, uh, obviously, uh, I think we can all be happy that the FBI was able to get in on this plot and stop it. The, the, uh, there was certainly a ramping up with Election Day on the corner. They said they had to do it before Election Day, which was like a new, yeah. it was sort of like an open plan without a set date before. And then Election Day started coming around, and they're just like, we got to get on this before November 3rd. And that's when the FBI had to go in and take care of it. Uh, it's... Uh, I think what bothers me the most, and this is something that was kind of on the periphery of my fears coming in and is now right up at the forefront, is that uh, Trump has been using very incendiary language with his supporters to sort of make it seem like they have to be more of an active participant and making sure that the vote is not you know, rigged or mm-hmm. crooked or whatever he wants to claim it is. Uh, during the debate specifically, he was talking about polls in Philadelphia, which weren't even open at the time, and <laughs> saying that you need to send people in there and make sure that they're doing it by the book and stuff like that, which yeah. is just an invitation for whack jobs wearing MAGA hats to go running into polling places and assume that they're getting kicked out because they're not allowed to see the inside yeah. scoop. You, For people who want to be poll watchers, it's an actual position you can get. Yep. You sign up for it. And then you stay at the polling place all day and you make sure that no impropriety goes on. And uh, that's how it works. So 
Well, that would have been nice for the president to describe. (laughs) They want to sign up and be one. Yeah. I'm sure they need some because it there's they're having a harder time getting people to work at polls right now because of covid and well, all but. usually it's the older generation that goes and does that right. and they're not going to do it because they're the risk is very high for them so. yeah but you also can't you know as a poll watcher you have to sort of be a uh, independent <laughs> figure in this whole thing you are only supposed to be mentioning things that are clearly in violation of the law in some sort of way well, no and they do have each party is allowed to have one yeah. so you are allowed to go as a party participant but you can't wear your maga hat or your maga t-shirt it's you know, nor are you allowed to wear that to most to polling, polling places. places yeah yeah you can't go vote with a joe biden t-shirt on yeah by the way i ran for office I wore my own my own polo to the polls yeah. and didn't realize it because I had an event right before I went to vote and walked into the polls and they're like, Matt, can't do that. And I'm like, oh, oh, yeah, no, I yeah. should know better than that. All the signs that say no electioneering, no electioneering beyond this but point. Yeah. I've been wearing this polo all the time. So I just was I'm like, OK, I'll go put a T-shirt on in the car. Yeah. Um, but again, it was 2006, not 2016. Yeah. So I didn't make a huge stink on my way out the door. I'm uh, I, I'm really starting to get worried that we are going to have violence from Trump supporters on Election Day or leading up to Election Day. And at this point, knowing that the FBI actively stopped a kidnapping plot of a of a governor, I I'm I'm concerned that there will be more violence towards everyday Americans that will occur as well. And, I, you know, I've never, I don't want to be the person who says it. And I, I really was, like, trying to think of this in terms of, like, I didn't even necessarily want to bring it up during the debate because yeah. it's one of those comments that you, it's best left alone. Everybody because, knows what he said. He yeah. knows what he said. Yeah. I, I mean, like, I made the, I made the ploy, like, you know, if, if somebody said, like, well, the worst example of a of a shooting that would take care, you know, would kill a lot of people would be this exact situation, this specific situation that's never been done before. You could kill thousands of people, you know, yeah. it'd be a place where it's locked up and you could just start spraying and no nobody would be there to save you. And then somebody hears about that example that is made up of taking out place A with a shooting and then they go and do that because you've given them the idea to do it now. Did I ever tell you the story of why I got suspended the one time I got suspended in high school? No. Uh, So in Honors English, uh, our school was under construction, and this was uh, three, two years, three years post-Columbine. And so fresh on everybody's mind, school shootings. For those of you who are more recently in high school than Corey and I, that was not a thing. Yeah. 98 Columbine kicked off this whole rash of like, oh, yeah, we could just go shoot up the school. Okay, let's do that. Um, So we were under construction, and they had limited access like they were literally like arrows go this way to go around the school so that mm. everybody's moving in the same direction and a bunch of kids in honors english with that that i was in with uh we were super bored and we realized that this was dangerous so we <clears throat> sat down and wrote a plan that it, if someone was going to shoot up the school how could they get the most casualties with the plan of going and presenting this to the principal to say here are 40 things you could easily fix. Like yeah. the lunchroom has one entrance and one exit, and we went from four lunches to two. That means half of the school is in a lunchroom with one exit. Yeah. You wait 20 minutes after the bell rings, walk into the doorway, and I could just drop a bag full of ammunition and fire, reload, fire, reload, fire, which I think is the example I used in the document. Yeah. Anyway, uh, so apparently someone overheard us talking about this, and... Uh, 
there was concern. They found yeah. the document where 12 young white men were sitting around in honors English talking about what would be more effective way of killing people in our school. So uh, as a, a point, they had a zero tolerance. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, we got suspended, which then got rescinded after the fact because I then drove to the um, Board of Education <laughs> walked into the uh, superintendent's office and demanded a meeting where I explained, uh, it seems really stupid of you to suspend the, the 10 or 12 of us and not address the 40 issues we brought up in the document you're suspending yeah. us for. I would almost take the suspension if you said, listen, we have to do this. But also, these are some really excellent points and we should address this. Yes. You basically said, we're suspending you guys. And put this in the drawer and... um. And then I believe my mom threatened to call the news. And then they were like, all right, so we're going to undo all the suspensions. <laughs> you basically got a day off of school for free. Uh, you can't go on your senior trip, which turned out it was canceled because we went to New York. Yeah. Something else happened that fall that uh, got kept, in the way of that. Kept the trip from happening as planned. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, and uh, so I also lost my parking pass the last week of school. No. So my grandmother had to pick me up from school <laughs> the last week. That was awesome. <laughs> I, mm. I, I'm just. Oh, that reminds me. I have a question for you. I yes. have my question. Oh, my God. surprise. Are we? Yes. Put the camera on him, Roberto. <laughs> oh, by the way, a big thank you to Roberto for joining us again as producer. Uh, he did an all right job last time, so we have him <laughs> back. Okay. Middling at best. So, I am going to describe a scenario to you, Corey, and I okay. want you to identify the scenario. A group of Americans feel as though their elected officials are not listening to them. Mm-hmm. not honoring their requests. And so rather than seeking judicial relief or using the electoral process to change things, they instead take up arms, plan violence against those elected leaders, yeah, and um, have the plan broken up by government officials. Who does that sound like to you? I mean... I mean, we could say the Wolverine Watchmen. Yeah. It certainly is a Wolverine Watchmen. But what if I told you that is almost word for word yet another story from another group, and when I say their name, I guarantee you'll recognize them. Okay, go ahead. Sons of Liberty. Do you know who the Sons of Liberty are? No. Oh, um, they were led by a gentleman whose name is uh, oh John Adams. Uh, Patrick yeah. Henry was a member. Yeah. Uh, John Hancock, also a member. Yes, now I remember. Okay, yeah, so yeah. Uh, what is the difference between Boogaloo Bob mm-hmm. or whatever yeah. and John Hancock and Sam Adams and Paul Revere? I think the main difference that, that you would come across here you're is You're British that, in what? this example. That's what. You're, yeah. you're British, so right. you're, you're siding with the... trying to create the new government. You're siding and, with the yeah. king. That's what you're saying. No, I, I, I'm saying the, the, the main difference here is that uh, we are, if, if you are trying to free yourself from the government construct in which you are, you are currently set in, right? Mm-hmm. Uh Say we all agree, like a plurality of Americans agree that the government we currently have is not working and we need to change it. Okay. And, you know, again, just for example, because we don't have anything better, let's just go to the House of Lords and House of Commons kind of version of a Congress instead and a Mm -hmm. prime minister and blah, blah, blah. We say that's more fair. Uh, If 
the plurality of people want to over or change the government that we currently have and the government stands in the way of doing that, mm-hmm. then we have legal protections in which to do that. That's part of... Do we? We don't have the right to overthrow the government? Well, I don't know. Because uh, we have the rights to create militia and to... Republicans haven't won a pro- uh, popular vote since 1988, so... That's not true. No, they have not won a popular vote since 1988. Well, W won the second one. And HW... Eight, well, that was 88. Yeah. 88 was HW? Yeah. And I think that... Uh, w won it the second time. Okay, so... I'm sorry, 2006. Yeah. So it's only been 14 years, not 20 or Yeah, I years. mean, you know, there were only two other elections in the in that time. So two out of four, yes, the Republican didn't win the popular vote. Uh, but, again, th- there there is... Part of the reason why they were fighting to form their own government and break free of the crown is because we wanted more direct say in the way that the government operated. Mm -hmm. Uh, And, you know, we basically created a form of government that would allow for that kind of uh, ability to do so if it got to that point. So let me me push this example a little further, though. Yeah. How, what percentage of the American population supported the War for Revolution when the Sons of Liberty started their violent acts in 1772. Not a plurality. Not nearly a plurality. Yeah. In fact, 3%, which is why 3%ers call themselves 3%ers, because yeah. they believe they are the vanguard 3% that will drive the new American Revolution. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you're asking for a plurality, but we didn't have a plurality when we began our journey as a country. No. The city of Boston essentially did what these Wolverine watchmen planned to do. They kidnapped the governor of Massachusetts. Mm -hmm. They put him on a boat and sent him back to England. Yeah. And then he got there and the king said, you doing here? Go back. Right. And he refused to. So they appointed a new governor. But all of that, all of that uh, happened. Yeah. That is how our country was founded. Yeah. So why is this bad and that good? Why do we look and honor that? Is it just a matter of you're British now using the same example? So this is a bad thing? No, I, I think that there's a there's a incredible difference between colonization and sort of an independent operating government, which is the differences between these two times. Like Americans had far more representation in parliament than the, av- than the average American has right now. There were one million people. There were there were less Americans then too. Yeah, there were one million people in the colonies, and they had like seven representatives in Parliament. Yeah. So that's a way less than four hundred twenty thousand, which is what your congressman represents. Right, but the crown also had influence over what our the crown levied three percent taxes. Yeah. Now we pay forty percent taxes. Unbelievable. Yeah, I know. So, uh, I, mean, I mean, where does this example break that you say it's different now than it was then? Or is it just because we're Americans, so Sons of Liberty, okay, but don't continue the revolution? Because what that sounds like to me is just anti-revolutionary rhetoric, that the revolution is great, but only as it goes this far. We mm-hmm. can't go any further than that. I guess uh, if... <laughs> I hate this, but... <laughs> If if there are people who wish to overthrow the government, the legal the legal right to do so exists within the law. It does. Uh, at a certain point, you're going to run up against a force bigger than you. Mm-hmm. So you better have a lot of people behind you 
or a generalized uh, uh, heavy hand over the people that you are trying to overthrow. So like I said all of that to say this, yeah. which is really the only point we can move on to the next topic. Should the 13 members of the Wolverine Watchmen mm-hmm. not face trial? No, they should absolutely. Absolutely. You can't that. However, you can't wait, wait, wait. go. You can't go and scope out the, the scene of the possible crime, including detailed notes and video without having some sort of comeuppance on it. So I'm guessing that these guys were they were an organized militia, correct? Mm-hmm. They had a uniform. Yeah. And generally speaking, they were against the government of the country in which they lived. Yes. Under the Geneva Convention, that makes them enemy combatants, not not subject to the laws of the country in which they live. So no matter what they were planning, as long as it wasn't espionage, which it doesn't sound like it was, sounds mm-hmm. like they were planning actions on their own. Terrorism. Then ter- terrorism and freedom fighters are just two different words for the same action. Yeah. and, and Based and, on perspective. So shouldn't these guys just be hauled off to Northern California, Nevada, San Francisco, uh, Alabama, any place that we'd previously opened up a concentration camp and just hold them for the rest of their lives as enemy combatants. Send them to Guantanamo Bay, for that matter. We already have a concentration camp. I mean, at this point, you're you're basically talking about at what point does the, uh, you know, like if a law, it's, it's much like having a conversation about if a law changes or what are you doing about the people who are in violation of that law prior to the law changing? Well, no, that's thing. an ex post facto law. You can't, but I'm, you can't create an ex post facto <laughs> Yeah, but I'm saying like the, the only hope for these guys, because there are actual charges that they are facing based off of the action that that they've taken. Uh, The government isn't going to give that up just because somebody makes a a reasonable argument there unless they can fight that in court. The the battle is now in the courts, and that's up for their lawyers to be able to to get a ruling on. Yes, and they absolutely should listen to my advice here and plead under Article 4 of the Geneva Convention. I mean, if they could get that through the court, then that's up to them. But I'm saying like the person who was busted for having an ounce of weed 30 years ago in California, who's still, who's still in jail, jail. uh, you know, like there's only so much you can hope for at this point because the laws have changed. The rules have changed, you know, like, well, and all I'll say is how of the 119 or so people who were held in Guantanamo Bay, Mm. how many of them had charges pressed against them? Almost none. 119 of them had charges pressed against them. None of them were pursued at all. They were left in the charging document phase because the government said, we don't want to put them on a stand ever. We never want to have to prove the case against them. So instead, what we're going to do is put them under Article 4 of the Geneva Convention and just hold them as enemy combatants. And it seems very ironic that we do that when it's to the government's benefit, Mm -hmm. but we don't do it when it's to the benefit of the combatants. And it makes me wonder why... Any person that finds an American soldier on any battlefield would honor the Geneva Convention. If we don't honor it for our own citizens or people we capture in battle against us, yeah. why would anyone honor it against us? Well, I mean, that's a problem of of setting up a lot of bad examples for which people uh, realize that we are, are not so... Uh, bilateral on the, Corey, <laughs> the Geneva Convention. We, that is the American way, and I will not have you <laughs> badmouth it. All right, I will that not have you say way. America. America doesn't follow the rules, but expects everyone else to follow the rules. Now that I mean, it's Trump's American rules. Yeah, that's the <laughs> Trump's American way. See, but I mean, like it, the, the the problem is that you know under the under the I, the guise of what the founders have started here was part of the idea that from time to time things will not go your way. You will you will have people who who represent things that you don't believe in. You will have a president who is not 
uh, the favorite, you know, like who, who will be underwater in their popularity and stuff like yep. that. And they might make decisions. A good person could make decisions that that tragically uh, impact your life in some sort of way. But the way that you are to take care of this is either vote out that person mm-hmm. or the other more extreme version of that is the overthrow the government part. Yeah. But and I'll point to uh, Thomas Jefferson. But just because you have protections to to that allow you to overthrow the government doesn't mean that you can't be charged if you try to do it. Uh, yes. By the founders, because the Geneva Convention didn't exist Cause, when cause they the, were. Because the, the protections that you would get from mm-hmm. uh, from the Constitution in order to overthrow the government is only as if it's successful. So, so only if you have enough people to actually physically overtake the government would you actually have protection under the law of, of that. The, of, yes. of, in that in the Constitution. History is yeah. written by the victors. Yeah. But I would say that Thomas Jefferson would disagree with you. Uh, the man who wrote the Declaration of Independence. I don't necessarily agree with Thomas Jefferson. On Contrib- the time. A contributor to the Constitution. Where is he on the internet? He hasn't said anything about that. Fucking who idiots. Said, everything. Uh, <laughs> who said that? Uh, not just. Uh, not just that. Uh, you. Oh, you can petition your government for redress of grievances, and if that doesn't work, you have the right to overthrow it. He said, one hundred percent, absolutely. There should be no man whose job is serving in politics, and every twenty years, all the boys from the country should come. And throw them all physically out of office mm-hmm. and create a new government every yeah. 20 years. Because the intergenerational nature of government means that the people there are not serving the next generation. So the guy who wrote the Declaration of Independence, which was essentially our way of saying, uh, we're starting a revolution, said revolu- uh, many years, many years before Marx, many years before for, uh, Lenin said, the revolution always continues. Every 20 years, new boys from the country should come and overthrow us and toss us out and kill us if necessary and put in a new government that fits what they need. Yeah. Continuing revolution. But, I mean, they weren't blocked by anti-revolutionaries like Corey, so unfortunately. <laughs> um, but, I get speaking of uh, more things that are normal in uh, Trump's America, Amy Coney Barrett started her hearings today. Uh, and I really think the only way we could talk about this is by returning to Corey's consistent point, which is the Democrats are spineless bastards. Yeah. Uh, because I'd been hearing. Sure are. I'd been hearing all weekend how they were going to boycott the hearings and force the Republicans to have quorum without them, which would mean bringing back at least three people who had been diagnosed positive with COVID in the last 14 days. Now, one of those people did show up. Mike yeah. Lee showed up. But my understanding is that two of the other ones didn't because they sat in their office and saw that the Democrats showed up. So we have quorum now. Let's begin. Um, so the hearings began today. And because we are nominating a justice to the Supreme Court, uh, we spent all of day one talking about health care. Yeah. Because these two things are absolutely connected. And essentially, they were just tearing down the fact that Trump is keeps talking about pre-existing conditions and doesn't have a plan to do anything about it, which has, as far as I can tell, zero to do with Amy Coney Barrett. Now she will be the one who tears down the ACA. That is the well. Finale. So yeah, I mean the 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 argument that you can make to the American people right now is the the only one is the immediacy argument. There's yeah. a there's a case that is due to be heard by the Supreme Court right after Election Day. Yep. in session where the lawsuit that the White House has been behind to overturn the individual mandate of the ACA is up for debate in front of the court. Uh, With the conservative majority that would be afforded by Amy Coney Barrett, 
they are imagining that they would win this argument. Yeah. And that the uh, people who support Obam- Obamacare, which is now higher than it has ever been <laughs> at any point in history. Yep. Uh, well, higher than 2012 yeah. when we started <laughs> Obamacare. Right. <sighs> it, and, you know, it, it's... I think the problem is that people don't uh, you can't say something like you don't understand this is going to be the court for 40 years. You 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 could have this conservative majority for 40 years. That's too big. They don't they don't Yeah, can't they they can't possibly it. think about like yeah. oh, by the time by the time I'm 70 this court might still be ruling on what I'm what I'm doing with my life. No, like that doesn't that doesn't apply to people. You have to th- you have to talk about it in terms of literally as soon as she sits on this court if she passes right now, if she goes on to the court before election day, she's going to be ruling on this case. Well, also, and she, has she already may rule made... on the election case yeah. that Meg penned, and which means a third a third of the nine justices will be appointed by the president yeah. of the election that they are now deciding. Yeah. I, I don't know if that would mean that they would rule one way or another. I, but... I can't imagine, you know, the when it was uh, Bush-Gore, which yeah. was a... Uh, which was literally just a a conversation about counting and what yes. what votes counted and which ones didn't because the vote was so razor thin in Florida. Yep. Uh, that they had to take it to the court and it went by party line when it got to the court. So there is, you know, obviously the concern that if the election is so close that this will probably end up with just a party line vote and yep. Trump will remain in is problematic enough. But then the other problem that I am dealing with right now that I am constantly going over is what kind of preposterous legal argument will be brought up to delay, to keep this thing like, you know, away or uh, keeping it from being the, you know, there's, there's a way that you could see on election night when they're counting the in-person ballots where Trump is ahead. And by the time the, the mail-in vote is counted, Biden is ahead. Biden has, taken a humongous lead and you know 340 elector electoral votes and stuff like that just it's, that board starts to switch as they count the yeah ballots. exactly so uh, you know there's going to be a lot of uh dirty tricks i imagine to eliminate ballots there's going to be a lot of arguments as to whether or not a certain state's votes should count in a specific way or you know like whether or not there was any impropriety that happened all things that we've never really concerned ourselves on an election by election basis that will 100% absolutely become part yep. of this election because never in history of like the money in elections right now is out of control but if you want to see where they're spending a lot of their money right now it's in lawyers mm-hmm. lawyers in every single state to rule on to to be there ready to go just basically on a retainer well, ready to this week five states came down five appeals courts from states came down with rulings and i was like how many cases are every single state yeah. every state has a lawsuit right now about mail in ballots or absentee ballots and it's just like oh okay so well you also got to think a lot of courts were closed for a long time yeah. so it basically was piling up like wet, waiting for a court to be able to see the case yep. and then all these things sort of hit up all at once, but like it, it, this is going to be one of the most, you know, Biden could win the, win literally 50 States and it's going to be the most litigious election that we've ever oh. seen. Like it's, it's, it's unbelievable. And even if he loses, uh, even if Trump loses, we still don't know what happens after that. Yeah. Like eventually you get to January. We have a parade, 
Biden walks up to the house and the doors are locked and it's like anybody got the key like no he's inside with all the keys like uh, okay or so, the or what remains of the Wolverine watchman decide to <laughs> to make an appearance at the inaugural parade or something like that I mean yeah. like this is we're, we're we're the expression through the looking glass applies I think here where we're, we're seeing the the dark underbelly of what could potentially be uh, on the other side of a of an election that nobody is necessarily looking forward to. Yeah. Uh, yep. And that is all about a Supreme court justice. And I think we'll, we'll circle back to this next week. I have a lot of comments about like, are they going to uh, ask questions of her husband? Because the religious sect that she's a part of says that she must ask her husband for advice on every decision. So um, is she going to go to her husband for advice? We don't know, uh, but I don't want to say anything about it until we find out what she has to say in I, front of Congress. So. I really do think that the the Democrats are going to do what they can to avoid talking about anything regarding religious uh, matters because they are they don't want to be seen as taking out a you know like talking persecuting somebody for their religious liberties or yeah. their religious choices and stuff like that. But uh, but I mean like when she makes statements saying yeah. that. She signs a, a multiple page letter saying that she's going to uh, go along with uh, overturning Roe if she ever had the opportunity and, you know, like being able to point to examples where she said she as a law professor that she would overturn Obamacare just on the face of it. Yep. Uh, th these are troubling things as far as the justice goes that needs to be. Yeah. Uh, how about the fact that you haven't heard the case yet and yeah. you're just saying, oh, no, I'd overturn it facially. Yeah. You shouldn't be a justice. Uh, Roe. Aside, as controversial as it is, and Obamacare aside, as controversial as it is, no justice should get on the court if they are out there in the world saying, oh, no, absolutely, I rule facially on this issue unless it's, should black people have the right to vote? Okay, I can facially say that issue, that should probably I mean, be handled. I mean, honestly, even when people have in the past said to me something in regards to like, you know, like, oh, this... I'm sure you've gotten this a lot with people asking for free legal advice. Oh, like, yeah, yeah, a little bit, yeah. So I was driving, I was minding my own business, was going the speed limit, and then all of a sudden the cop came up behind me and came up to my car and said, I caught you doing 20 minutes over, the, or 20 miles over the speed limit. I said, that's not true, and he walked away. And then, like, what do I do in this situation? Like, how do I fight this ticket? And you would probably say something along the lines of, based off of what I know of this situation, or based off of what you just told me of this situation, and based off of the law, I will tell you this, this, and that. Bodie. Like, Bodie is what you do. Right. But I'm, Bend over and take it. <laughs> That's what's good about but that. But I'm saying, like, you can, you can say, like, you know, like, you, you're going to preface this somehow by saying, based off of what you told me, based off of the information I have, yeah. uh, these are what I, I, I think would apply to you. But if I don't tell you the whole story, and you give me a... There's an a, arm hanging out your trunk. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Mm -hmm. Oh, you're like uh, one of the car videos. We or my spinometer. Rim. <laughs> my spinometer was broken or something yeah. like that. And yeah. I was just like, oh, I, was, I was going zero miles an hour. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> it feels like 50. I don't know. Close enough. <laughs> like, you know, like those are all parts of a you, you can't you can't sort of blanket say like, oh, well, 100 percent for sure. Use this argument in court because you don't know all the details. Yeah. And you don't know how things are going to be presented in court. And that makes a big difference into how you have to react to it. So. It, you know, a lot of justices have been able to get away with it forever by saying, like, I don't I don't talk about, you know, like <laughs> hypothetical cases like Scalia spent 30 years as a lawyer and law professor and judge 
basically saying that I take yeah. no position because he wanted to be on the Supreme Court, and yeah. he was like, "I'm just gonna build it up," and I'm uh, I'm the guy in my field who the far. Uh, I do this sometimes. I do this sometimes. Yeah, I'm all over the place, <laughs> and whatever. If a case gets in front of me, I decide it. Yeah, I'm just calling balls and strikes. Yeah, <laughs> but. Uh, We'll follow up on Amy Coney Barrett as, as more details come in over the next week. But I think it's important that you just brought up the details are very important because it's not just important when we nominate a Supreme Court justice. It's also important, you know, about a sitting president. Yeah. And there's some very important details we're unaware of right now. Uh, well, yes. That's, I guess I shouldn't say we're unaware of. I don't trust the, <laughs> the details that we're aware of. So uh, we were going into uh, going to record this podcast saying, Oh, Trump still hasn't been given the or the doctors still haven't given the Trump's negative yeah. officially yet. Uh, but now, as of today, we've heard that, uh, yes, well, he has tested negative. According the to the doctor who's has said according to the doctor who's lied to us. He's now <laughs> <Yes>. negative. <laughs> so I, this whole thing is just fucking unbelievable to me. You, uh, you know, regardless of what you think of Trump, uh, where you, dear listeners, stand on the position of Trump. Uh, he was given the the golden goose opportunity of a lifetime where everybody I know on Facebook was just like, he's not really sick. He's just plumbing this up to be, look at me. Oh my gosh. I understand now yeah. uh, I've recovered and I'm with all of you. And I was like, no, no, no. He's probably really sick. Cause you know, he doesn't wear a mask. So that'll happen. They're like, no, no, just wait and see. He's going to recover and he's just going to boost forward in the polls. The boost forward in the no the rally around the flag effect yeah. and the boost around in the polls is a real thing. When Reagan shot, got shot, oh yeah, Reagan was not overwhelmingly popular at the time. If I remember correctly from what I heard, I think he was like you know somewhere around 49 percent like I think it was approval high 40s, or something like high 40s, that. Yeah, but it was like the president in his first year fell below fifty percent, which is <laughs> unheard <astounding>. of. <laughs> but he got shot. And then he was like at 81% approval and yeah. stuff like that or something, something maddening, just a humongous jump. And, you know, anyone who knew anything would look at that and go like, oh, OK, well, that's not real. Like, that's just people feeling real bad that he got shot. Yeah. First but, Bush in Desert Storm, second Bush and the uh, and 9-11, all of it always is just like, all right, forget our differences. We're not overturning Roe today. Yeah. Today, we mm -hmm. got to go fight the people who attacked us. Okay, yeah. rally around and give support to the guy. Right, and you know Trump had the had the golden opportunity if he if he had the ability to be uh, empathetic or aware at all or self-deprecating, he would have he would have been able to just leave and just be like, guys, I I was with you before. Trust me, I was trying to do everything I could for you, but after the week I just had, I feel so terrible for everyone. Like you know, I know what this is like. I I'm the one who can lead us back. Because not only do I know how to fix the economy that's broken because of Democrats, but I can, I can rationally, you know, I can, I can feel your pain when it what comes to the Joe coronavirus. What does Joe Biden know about COVID? Yeah. I've had COVID. I know what you're going. But the problem is, he's of. doing, he's doing shit like that, but so light <laughs> and so wrong. Like he was just like, I, uh, I've had COVID, so now I know what it's like. And not only that, but I'm immune, so I can get out of the basement like Joe Biden. Like, yeah. Uh, and by the way, uh, it wasn't that bad. Uh, you're all pussies <laughs> for having it, feeling so terrible. Uh, let me go out on the deck, barely able to breathe, but I'm going to put my Superman shirt on. <laughs> that Superman story is ridiculous. I, I, so for those of you who don't know, they had to talk Trump down from, first of all, talking him down was changing one detail. He still went out on the veranda. He still gave his little performance. 
as if people don't have boom mics and you know uh, yeah, lenses that are able to get and see him. And he's out there struggling to breathe and stay vertical. But he wanted to go out there and struggle to breathe and stay vertical uh, and also rip open his dress shirt to show a Superman t-shirt underneath. And they had to talk him back from that. Yeah. They're like, all right, go out on the veranda, but let's keep our shirt on, shall we? Yeah. Uh, nobody wants to see that. I... <laughs> I, it, his brain is a terrifying place. I, I just don't. <laughs> yes. The, the I probably... want to incept him just so I can see what kind of crazy dreams he's got going on in there. God oh, damn. Man. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Oh, and when he was tweeting, when he was clearly having like steroid and fever driven uh, tweets, and he's just like, uh, oh, F everything basically. Another one. Uh, you, you you remember when things have gone wrong for presidents before, and then uh, a week goes by, and then all of a sudden there's the exclusive 60 Minutes interview or the NBC Nightly News interview with the president. Oh, oh, you mean like, like when Obama wore that tan suit and he had to apologize for it? <laughs> so, yeah, I remember, yeah. Or yeah. like, or you know, like the 9-11 happens, and George W. Bush like a week later is on NBC Nightly News doing a sit-down with, I think it was a, a fucking... Was it Leslie Stahl? No, it was somebody else. I don't know. But, you know, like having the big media interview where Mm -hmm. he explains like, you know, like what's happening and what our next steps are and all this sort of stuff. He also explained that he had no idea it was going to happen. It was completely surprised. And we found out later. But I mean, like the the the, well, we found out a lot of lies (laughs) later. But I'm saying like, you know, he's missing out on all these opportunities to try and get back voters. This is the this is the problem with his campaign right now. He's 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 purging voters like that's. Yeah, uh, and I was going to say, we. I do want to talk about the race. I do want to mention one other thing, because when we talk about Trump and when we talk about the changes our country is going through, we also have to talk about the attacks on science and the fact that half the country doesn't trust science anymore. And I find it ironic that I say that after saying I don't trust the doctor who um, said that he's negative. Yeah. But I understand the irony. It's not hypocritical, and I'll tell you why. Because that doctor has been proven to have lied to us in the past. Mm-hmm. And, you know, who hasn't lied is all the environmental people who say things like, the Earth is going to get warmer. We need to be careful. And then the Earth got warmer, and we weren't <laughs> Bullshit. careful. Bullshit. <laughs> and uh, somebody, I believe it was Al Gore's documentary, I don't know, back in 2003, which was nearly two decades ago, that said, hurricanes are going to get stronger and more frequent in the Atlantic. And people said, Oh no, that's never going to happen. And, uh, people in the Gulf, uh, well, you're probably not listening to this because you don't have power again for the second time in two, three months. Uh, because hurricane Delta, that's right. We've gone through the entire alphabet (laughs) and now we're starting back at the top again. This is the 16th storm to make landfall in America or on the continental United States this year. That is a record that is only, it's tying the record for most ever. And I I just can't, I don't understand people. Like the, the, the picture that really tells the story of this storm is that Delta came ashore and there was someone who took a picture during the storm of a neighborhood that was just demolished by Hurricane Laura. And now the, all they could do was throw tarps over their basically demolished houses because yet another hurricane was coming through. Yeah. And again, if you wrote, an end of the world script where in act one, the protagonist's house was demolished by a hurricane. And shortly thereafter, they had to throw a blue tarp over it because another <laughs> hurricane pages was coming. later. Another hurricane came. They're going to look at you and say, 
Too, I get it. it lots of weather. <laughs> I understand. You want to make this guy's life miserable, but two hurricanes in the same when in a would month's that period of time? When would that ever happen? <laughs> it's too on the nose. We need to back off a little bit. Um, what does he yeah, live in Miami? <laughs> but, so we are having once in a century storms more than one time a year, yeah. which is ridiculous. And my only hope continues to be that somehow this bridge presidency of Joe Biden Stops the bleeding. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he is the battlefield medic. Stabilize the patient and let's get him somewhere where, I don't know, um, Pete Buttigieg, by the way, I think you sent me the video of him on Fox News. Yeah. That is who I want as a president. I'm sorry. I keep hitting my mic. <laughs> that is who I want as a president. Pete Buttigieg on Fox News where he's like, um, well, you know, we on his quick on his feet and answering questions and snapping back at people. Yeah. That's who I want. Let's get Joe Biden in and then um uh kamala can go back to california uh kamala california or uh god damn it snl had a really good like way that they said that but um nonetheless and then we get somebody like pete and it doesn't have to be pete because he's problematic but somebody who's under 50 yeah and maybe a person of color mm-hmm. but under 50 at least <laughs> somebody of our generation to go in and be president and say all right Joe, thank you. You stabilized the country. You were a level-headed leader when we needed one. Now we need to go and look and be very progressive because if we don't do anything, 2050, half of the United States is going to be uninhabitable. California is going to burn half the year. The Gulf states are going to be hurricane alley. The middle of the country is going to be tornado alley. Just weather is going to decimate us. I don't know if you've seen the movie 2012. Wait, wait, was it? No, Day After Tomorrow. That's what I'm thinking about. Superstorms across the world, terrifying everything. That's where we're headed. Sad. Indeed. Anyway. Uh, Back to the race for the White House. Sorry, yes. Uh, There's some good news and bad news here. So uh, I guess top line, good news. Mm -hmm. Uh, Biden is leading big. Uh, Depending on what poll you're looking at, he's anywhere from 10 to 14 points ahead. Which is now? Wait, you mean ten to point one four percent of one percent, right? Because no, he's at fifty percent and Trump's at forty nine percent. Is that what you mean? Or? No, no. Like Trump is somewhere around forty percent, and okay. Biden is somewhere around fifty to fifty four percent. Oh, okay, that's yeah, a- so a sizable difference. <laughs> um, and you know, uh, he the the other part of this is that in individual states where you know Hillary Clinton had no business even spending time or trying to win like biden is biden is within within a a a percentage of error basically and by the way uh hillary had no business being there so she didn't go there and then those states went to trump and she lost right yeah but i mean like even the one you know so like obviously like michigan and wisconsin and stuff like that are are in biden's camp right now and that's things that hillary took for granted but other states that just were not on the map like texas north carolina georgia uh iowa and uh, you know, obviously everyone's fighting for Ohio and, and Florida and Arizona is, of course, up to Arizona. It's up 12 you, in Arizona. If right I now. told you when we were back playing uh, political machine yeah. that I as a candidate were able to take <laughs> Texas as as the Democrat, as John yeah. Kerry in that game, I think is who it was. Right. I was able to take Texas, North Carolina, Georgia, Florida, plus the rest of the Democratic states. They've been like, there's a bug in this game, and I don't know how you pulled this off, but uh, there's something wrong here. I'm pretty sure. I have to think about it, but if you won California, Texas, New York, and Illinois, Illinois, like, could you get to? 
you couldn't get to 270 there. You'd so be wait, pretty fucking close, though. 54, 52. So you're at 106 with California and New York. Yeah. And that is generally the big chunk for Democrats. And then it's like, all right, pick up. And Texas seven. and Illinois are in the 30s, right? No, Texas is in 40s. So you're at 160 with Texas, New York, and uh, California. California. Illinois is in the 30s. Yeah. I think it's like 38 or something like that. Yeah. And then Florida is 27. Something like that. Yeah. Also, these numbers will change immensely because the census is going to be restructuring out our distribution yeah. of electoral votes. But um, trying to think of another big state, Pennsylvania, Ohio, is in the twenties and high twenties. So is Ohio, high twenties. Um, but yeah, Florida's like twenty. No, Florida is yeah twenty seven. Um, so I mean, if you take Texas, Illinois, California, New York, and two of those other four, you're at two fifty. Yeah. And then he's going to win Delaware four, eight, <laughs> three, three. Sorry. Three. Um, <laughs> He'll win Maryland. So probably there's another Maryland. 10. Yeah. There's another 10. Uh, Massachusetts. He'll win the district. Yeah. He'll win three from the district. Probably the, the seven, uh, 10 from Massachusetts. Yeah. Go crazy in the, in the Pacific Northeast or in the Northeast. Northeast. And I mean, at that point, but the Pacific Northwest too. I mean, like he's got the, but just that, just adding to the list, Massachusetts on top of Maryland and Delaware and DC. I yeah, think we're at two seventy there. Yeah. So if you take Texas without and even having to worry about any other state, like lose the rest of the Bible Belt. But that's not where we are. He's doing well in Georgia, in North Carolina. Yeah. In Michigan as well. Uh, you know, uh, Iowa. 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 The literally the whitest state we have as a country is Iowa, and uh, the fact that Trump is losing that one where. The base of his support have been uneducated college white people, like uh, or un college educated white people. Yes. Yeah, I mean, and look, we were just earlier we were talking about a militia trying to kidnap and kill the governor of the state. Biden is winning that state. Yeah, and yeah, I, I see all of you on Facebook, all the, all the Trumpers, just saying like, well, they were saying the same thing about Hillary. Yes, in 2016, we made the mistake of looking at the national poll and saying, look, she's winning. By the way. She won nationally. Yeah. The, the popular vote. To be fair, like, so think about it this way. Uh, Hillary had a, it was predicted at like a three-point lead nationally going into mm -hmm. the election. She finished with a two-point lead. So that's pretty good. I think it was 2.5, that's, that's, 2.6. It was like on the way up to three, though. It was, it was it within was the margin of error yeah. of like where they thought it would be. So the polling wasn't wrong. The the difference was the where the states lined up. Yeah. And nobody expected her to lose Michigan and Wisconsin because they thought those were solid Democratic bets. But she also didn't cultivate the relationships that she yeah. needed to win those states either. So uh, there was there was things in play with the polling that didn't make it completely sense. Uh, but, you know, you think about it in terms of like the 538 model. They always give it as a percentage chance of winning. Yeah. Trump wasn't zero. He was a 20 percent chance of winning which is not great but it's one in five if yep. you think about it realistically so you know now he's at like a you know 15 percent chance 17 percent chance or something like that according to 538 so again not great but is there a one in ten chance that he wins oh absolutely yeah there's there's a way that this this works out where he he wins re-election again and you have to think the the uh, the deck is stacked against somebody who's trying to run up against an incumbent an incumbent has an incredible advantage over it, a challenger can just walk outside at any point and a reporter will walk up to him yeah and he can do and uh, traditionally you didn't do things like have your secretary of state during your convention in a controversial city across the world give you a backing 
this guy does. Yeah. Um, so there is no rules. He really could just walk up in the Rose Garden and do a presser for the campaign, even though he's not supposed to do that, but he yeah. does. Um, but I, I think that the thing that people are missing as well is Hillary, they were accurate, but they misjudged where the votes were going to come from. They have fixed that now. And in fact, the national polling isn't just a national number. It is corrected for states, essentially. So while 538 is doing a popular vote poll, you can also see the electoral, the percentage of electoral Oh, yeah, and you can dial into each individual state and see where their polls are putting it. And it's all based off of polls that are already out there. It's just like sort of an aggregation of the polls that are already out there. And if I remember, Nate Silver, that's the guy's name, Mm -hmm. right? In the week or two leading up to the election was saying, I'm seeing some very worrisome things here. Yeah. Uh, It looks like it's in the bag. But we are looking at the wrong number. You are looking at the national number, and we don't do popular vote nationally. You got to look at the local numbers and then put those all together. Well, also, another thing to consider, and, you know, we talk shit about Biden here all the time. Yeah. Uh, but it's out of love, I guess. No, but it's absolutely not. It's out of, I hope you win this one election and then leave, <laughs> I guess, is the, is, what is that? Is that love? No. No. <laughs> No, but I mean, like going into the 2016 election, you know, the, the the biggest problem going in was that both of these candidates were historically unlike. Yeah, you went and, from Obama, who everyone loved, and yeah. you picked the worst possible person to come out of that. Right, and you know, you, you ended up with this situation. Biden, for uh, lack of anything better to say, is popular. People like him. His his popularity is above fifty percent. He's, he's more got like a plus the other, positivity. He's more like the other Clinton. Yeah. Just like an old white guy that everybody is like, hey, you know, it's he's cool enough. <laughs> he's got some troubling things, but uh. so listen, I, I mean Hillary did relatively poor amongst uh African American men and women. And Biden for some reason has really high uh support in the well, African American community. He he has oh, well, I, guess. I mean, he has for his career been uh a advocate for uh a lot of causes for the african-american community incarcerating them especially well i mean besides that one but i'm saying like he has he has done usually if you if you think you're going to run for president it's it's a good idea to start finding uh potential pockets of voters to start buttering up to Mm -hmm. a little bit like you you start putting in the uh it used to happen a lot with uh god damn it what was uh when california was more of a swing state you used to see, I know people don't 40s, re- people don't remember this. California up until the to the seventies really yeah, was yeah, was yeah. it could go either way. And keep and, in mind, we mm. California had Republican governors this century. Yeah, Arnold Schwarzenegger is a Republican. Yeah, yeah. he was a movie star, but he's also a Republican. But we Jerry had a, Brown we had one yeah. before that. Well, Jerry Brown was a Democrat. I, I, Reagan Reagan yeah. was a Republican. Reagan was a Republican. Nixon. Yeah, he was a governor though. Oh, that's right. He didn't win governor. Yeah, he lost it after he won- lost the White House <laughs> yeah. and then win the White then he House. he won the White House yeah. after that. Yeah, that's right. When um, people were like, Nixon's dead. <laughs> <laughs> no more Nixon. Yay. Yeah. You can't keep Tricky Dick down. <laughs> uh, but I think that the most telling uh, of the little detail points that we yeah. want to pull out of this is a place called The Villages. I don't know if everybody's heard about this, but uh, Florida as we said, is actually strongly in Biden's camp right now. Now that is likely to fade as uh, to move to like more in play. Florida is also one of those states that like is really difficult to pull for whatever reason, because it's like, it, it's kind of like uh, uh, five different 
economies of people like all shoved into one weird yeah. state. Listen, if if uh, if uh, University of Florida and Florida State both have a game on the Saturday before Election Day, and they both win, and a bunch of people get arrested, that can sway the election for the whole state. <laughs> you know, you never know uh, if that goes. All those people are still in jail by Tuesday. Yeah. Um. By the way, California removing cash bail. That's on the ballot. Oh yeah. Excited about that. Good for you, California. Um, but nonetheless, uh, so the Villages is a senior community in Florida. It's a town that is essentially it's a commu- uh, retirement community that is so big, it's its own town. And this place has been a Republican bastion since before Florida was really in play. Yeah, when Florida was still like a lot of New Yorkers coming down to retire, the Villages was a Republican stronghold. Um, and now. There was a train of people in their little golf carts that they used to get around with Biden signs moving towards a there to drop their ballots off yeah. uh, at the ballot boxes. And it's looking like he may do 60 40 in a neighborhood that was usually like if you go by and wave on the way through, you're good. Republicans going to take this district because, again, so many old people live it there. It's its own voting yeah. block, essentially. They're, it's going to go to Biden, 60-40, which doesn't bode well for Trump in the state, and it doesn't bode well for Trump in the country. Yeah. Because um, you might still keep, you know, uh, Michigan militia, 40-year-old white men, but you're losing the 60 and older, 55 and older white folks yeah. from the villages. Well, I mean, you know, and another thing is, like, it, you, you literally have to think about this, like, picking out people at a certain point, because... You know, if we have 10 people here and we're trying to figure out what we're doing for dinner uh, and we're not eating dinner, that's what's going to happen. And half the people dinner. want pizza and half the people want bur- or like 40 percent of the people want burgers and 60 percent of the people want pizza. And I'm trying to get burgers to be the pick. Yeah. Then I got to pick off some pizza people. Yep. I got to find some pizza people who are not quite as enthused about it Don't and just figure out a burgers. reason to talk them into beats into burgers. Yep. But I also have to be careful because the thing I say to the one person who is on the line might offend somebody else who's in the pizza camp. So I have to be very measured with how I handle this. But at some point, if I want to win, if I want to get burgers for dinner, I have to convince some of these pizza people to come over. There's no other way to do it other than that. Also, you got to be careful about your argument for burgers. Or you get the 40% of the people who are in the room who've never voted and never will. Yeah. And maybe convince them to vote. Because if you can get the people out who wouldn't have voted, before. I mean, for a long time, the Democratic strategy was, hey, we're not really going to win Alabama. But at the 40 percent of the people who never fucking show up and vote, all of a sudden decided to show up and we had 100 percent voting. Take the then vote. the Democrats will win. Yeah. Like that's that's how it works. But I, I think the bigger thing that Trump has but to the worry 40 percent are like, uh, it doesn't even matter. Like, hey, whatever. I'll take whatever. It's going to be Roy Moore. I don't yeah. care. But it, the the using your example, the uh, the bigger problem, I think, is. In your full-throated argument for burgers, you can't start putting doubts in the heads of your burger people, which yeah. is his problem. It's like, yo, this guy's really into burgers, mm-hmm. and I'm starting to feel like pizza's a better decision. I, I don't know. I, don't I really started like- wanting a burger, yeah, but, but all he's talking about is McDonald's burgers, and I don't really want that burger. Yeah, so like- <laughs> maybe we should go with pizza. And that's his problem. Is it, he started I, Listen, a, a really bad pizza is still pizza. I mean, a really bad burger, though. I don't, I don't even really want to mess with a really yeah. bad burger. And now you're moving people into the undecided camp. Yeah. And some of those people you're actually moving to pizza camp. And that's his problem is that he is so bad at arguing his point. He actually doesn't convince anybody new to come and is making some of his own supporters be like, bro, (laughs) shut up until election (laughs) day. And I could still vote for you. But then you're 
Will you a seventy-year-old man say, "Will you shut up, man"? <laughs> like it doesn't make it doesn't make it easier. Like you know, because if you say you're going to vote for Trump, you're getting somebody who comes to you and says, "Like, yeah, but what about all the racism and the white supremacists and the blah blah blah?" And then you have to go like the like, "Well, I don't like that part, but I love what the stock market was doing." <laughs> yeah, you know, like you got to look like an idiot at some point if you're like. I'm okay with some of this, but not just only select parts of it. I don't listen, Trump. Uh, I don't Corey, like the I don't like the uh, the forced sterilization or the border camps or any of those sort of things. But you know, like the my my portfolio was looking really good for a while there. So Corey's dad and my mm-hmm. dad, uh, Mr. Trump's campaign. <laughs> you don't have to worry about them. The econ uh, the econ- not the economy, but the stock market is up. Corey's dad's happy, mm-hmm. and uh, you want to do away with Roe and make marriage only between a man and a woman. My dad is happy. That's the, what you have to worry about is the people who aren't them. And if you're only talking to the base, you're not going to get there. That's yeah. essentially where we are. Um, and apparently they haven't uh, learned that. Um, no. And that seems like it should be enough election talk for this week. But the Republicans are also putting out fake ballot boxes <laughs> in California. And the debate that was supposed to happen has been canceled. Yeah. It's just like the hits keep coming. And... None of it's good. And the debate's canceled because Trump refused to do it first, refused to do a digital debate. And, well, I guess he first refused to get tested yeah. to do it in person, then refused to do a digital debate, and then also just was like, well, we'll reschedule it for later. Like it's a meeting at my work or something. Yeah. <laughs> like you don't have to plan for that. <laughs> uh, he needs these debates, too. That's the other. He blew the first one. Like, uh, re- like uh, no matter who... If you were really a Trump supporter, then you probably thought his first debate was great because you were like, oh, he's really getting in Biden's face and owning the libs and blah, blah, blah. But like that was not convincing pizza people to come no. come get burgers, you no. know? So and some of the pizza people were saying or some of the burger people were saying, I don't know how I defend this yeah. anymore. Like he's not even a polite human being. Right. So uh, Trump needs these debates more than Biden does. And the problem is that I, I just don't. You know, town hall hypothetically would probably work better for for Trump if he can uh, figure out a way to connect with people. But he's never been able to do that either. So let me tell you why it's not. Because the first person that gets up and asks him a question with a mask on, yeah, he tells them to take the mask off, and they refuse. You're really rude. (laughs) That's it. Yeah. And then half the people who are saying, "Listen, he's not wearing a mask. That's fine. That's his choice. He doesn't impose his choices on me." but I do wear a mask. And he's like, you're stupid for wearing a mask. Take your mask off. And then they're just like, okay, I'm out. This moment in presidential debate history. You remember when George H.W. Bush lost it by checking his watch? <laughs> <laughs> I'm, a, I'm amazed we live in this world where he can tell white supremacists to stand by. And George H.W. Bush literally, like, at one point during the debate, he was, like, looking, and he was just like, yeah. And then the whole thing afterwards was just like, oh, he doesn't have time to be there. He doesn't care about the American people. He's the Check sitting it. president of the United <laughs> States. Watch. What's more important is watch of the debate. Like, Oh, by the way, also, uh, there was a vice presidential candidate who spelled potato wrong and maybe also helped lose his candidate the election. I don't know if Dan Quayle's still alive. Like, he, <laughs> He's literally, uh, since that moment, has been blasted <laughs> off the face of the earth. Like, he's not even... You look in history books and it's fucking X'd out. Like, <laughs> here's my only hope: if that happened to Dan Quayle for potato, yeah, maybe the fly 
we'll do the same thing to Mike Pence. And he'll just be blasted out of the history books <laughs> and we'll forget this ever happened. It'll all be about the fly from now on. All I'm saying is Maxon is too young to remember 2020. <laughs> My hope is that by the time he's old enough to discuss it, we just, when someone is like, hey, so what happened with the 2020? And we just all look away. We don't. We don't. We don't that, talk yeah. about that. And then it becomes this dark time and then we get to be the cool people who are like live through something. Yeah. And um, they're like, who's this Mike Pence guy? Oh, uh, he was a radio personality in South Bend, Indiana. And vice president for a short period of time. Nope. Nope. We're not going to talk about that part. Uh, He was a radio personality. Question mark. Died on this day. That's it. That's all he gets. His obituary will be radio personality, South Bend, Indiana. Radio personality, yada, 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 Congress, yada, 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 governor, yada, 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 dead. Survived by mother. mother. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So let's try to lift people up a little bit. Okay. For the end here. Uh, and I could think of no better thing. Nothing has lifted the American people the way that sports ball has lifted American people. <laughs> That's why they call me Mr. Transition. <laughs> the uh, the uh, sports ball that we are currently dealing with is all the championships. So <laughs> this year has been weird because then they all did the season <laughs> together. And it's like, usually we get to spread out this thing. But now uh, every city, like, by the way, L.A. is in three of these championships. No. Well, no. Two. So two. They they were uh, the baseball playoffs is still happening. We're in the league championship series now. Yes. Uh, the NBA finals just wrapped up. The Stanley Cup just wrapped up. Uh, and uh, Raven, or the uh, football season is obviously just in the beginning. But, but the Rams are looking really good in football. Yes. So there is a chance this city burns three times <laughs> in the next three months over a championship series. So, yeah. yeah. I don't I don't think anyone would have the same kind of reaction to the Rams winning that they would the Lakers winning. Also I'll, true. I'll say that. <laughs> also true. <laughs> Somebody's like, Rams? Oh, congrats, guys. That's cool. <laughs> I I feel bad. Like I uh, I was watching. We were watching the Chargers on Monday night here, and I was uh I I for a fleeting moment I thought about like what if they ever won the Super Bowl and nobody showed up to the parade? <laughs> it's like twenty people just like standing along the side of like. Well, yeah. The the other reason that if the Rams Englewood just like woo San Diego, if the, if the Rams <laughs> or the uh, Chargers won, nothing would happen the night of the championship because. Nobody wants to drive out to Inglewood in order to <laughs> celebrate. You're just like, I mean, I would, but it's going to be like 90 minutes to get to Inglewood at this time of night. And oh, the traffic getting back. We'll, we'll celebrate at the parade. And then three weeks later, you're like, was there a parade? Oh, I missed it. Oh, oh it, bad. Sorry. It's funny. My, my perch here high above the 110 freeway <laughs> gave me an interesting perspective of a lot of traffic going towards L.A. Live and mm. not a lot of traffic heading the other way, Wonder why. which made me think that a lot of people are driving in to go to L.A. Live and and celebrate they were and uh 76 people arrested uh you know thousand people or so uh they said showed up dispersed (laughs) there was uh property crime graffiti everything like that i didn't Mm -hmm. see kyle rittenhouse sticking out for us but you know i guess it's a long drive from illinois (laughs) also uh he can't stick up for that property he's on bail i'm not sure he's allowed (laughs) to leave the state um I don't get it, to be honest with you. I, I know there was a lot of people down there with masks. I'm sure there were there were some people who were trying to stay safe and everything like Did that. Did you see Bubble Boy? But it, yeah, I Bubble saw that Boy one. was yeah. down there. Oh, that was I so thought great. I I was. It, it almost felt like the Lakers win the championship quickly. Corona doesn't count. Let's go. Yes, <laughs> we have a we have a 20 hour reprieve from COVID. Let's all go down yeah. there and celebrate. COVID was just in. Like, you know what? 
You guys celebrate. You I'm going to let you have it. Listen, I'm a LeBron fan just like anybody else. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to. I'm going to take away your fun. LeBron got four. Is it four? Four <laughs> rings now? Four right. rings? Third team? I'm going to give you 24 hours. <laughs> <Good>. <laughs> Enjoy yourself. <laughs> Uh, so yes, Lakers win the NBA championship, uh, 17th NBA championship, 12th since coming to Los Angeles. I don't really count the first five that happened in Minnesota well, wait, that's when weird. there were like five teams. <laughs> and, like, uh, it's weird that you would say that. George Mikan was the best player in the league. That's a, a new, uh, interesting factoid for me. And yeah. If they've won that many, how come Lakers fans don't mention it every other breath? <laughs> Cause I feel like the Yankees have won 27. Yeah. And I hear them talk, their fans talking about it literally every other moment. Yeah. Yeah, but 27 rings. Yeah, okay. But the Lakers, Lakers, you got to learn how to be more boastful. You well, won they, a lot of rings. They were talking a lot about their 17 last night. Yeah, but it was the night they won another one. Well, yeah, I mean, you know. Yankees fans talk about it when they're not even making the playoffs. Like, uh, wait, this year, I had to check and make sure. This year when they're not even in the, uh, the championship series. There, I guarantee you there's somebody on Twitter now saying, uh, yeah, sure, Houston, Tampa Bay, but uh, 27 rings. Yeah. Okay. What have you done for me lately, bro? Anyway. Yeah, Lakers and NBA champs. Uh, Houston, Tampa Bay in the ALCS. Houston. I also, by the way, Houston fans, uh, I just... By the way, the, just so you know, that does tie the most... Uh, NBA championships with the Celtics. Celtics, right? Yeah, Yeah. I was going to say. And also, don't hear Celtics fans talking about all your damn rings all the time. (laughs) It's weird. Only one pretentious group of assholes (laughs) really brings up the rings all the time. Uh, But uh, Tampa Bay, Houston, and the ALCS. Yep. Um, Houston fans also shut the hell up. Uh, It it doesn't matter. We are all still thinking about cheating. It's a short season. We all know you can put together a short stretch of games. Uh, you won some on the road, even when you cheated your way through the rest of the games at home. So <laughs> who's to say? I really wonder, uh, uh, you know, it, it's setting itself up for the rematch. Houston, L.A. Yeah. For uh, like this one, you know, hopefully on the level. Well, yeah. <laughs> and like no games in Houston. LA their, so. first, their first World Series in a long time. But um, also, also. Hugh, Atlanta, Los Angeles. Yeah. Is it 1996 again? Did I get lost <laughs> at some point? L.A. wasn't that good in 1996. Oh, that's true. Okay, okay. mind you, uh, Atlanta hasn't been good since 1996. <laughs> I don't know what's going on. They had it. They had quite the run in the 90s. That was, Do you that remember was that? Impressive. Yeah. It was Where, just like uh, they were the uh, the the opposite of the Buffalo Bills in the nineties. They were like, like winning I mean, all the time. I mean, they were like the Patriots. Like, yeah. you know, for for the last decade here, we you know, if somebody was like, "Who's going to win the AL or the AFC East?" You're just like, "Well, Patriots. the Patriots." Okay. And, yeah. Unless something horribly goes wrong. And who's like, going to win the uh, the uh, championship for for the uh, AFL? The AFL AFC AFC championship. Yeah. Like, well, Patriots or. <laughs> Somebody's going to have the best game of, of their life. <laughs> yeah, somebody's going to have the best game of their life and uh, win against Tom Brady. And then I would I would like to see Tampa go, though. I mean, like as much as as much as they uh, are not supported by their home <laughs> home fans at all. Uh, and they really don't deserve a team. Florida doesn't deserve. Uh, I, I would I would I think the the pressure is going to be too high on L.A. people if it's houston versus la again yeah. like it's just going to be too much they're not going to be able to handle it uh it, it is 
I, as far as a viewer, I would love to see it, but I'm sure is there's it, some L.A. faithful who will be going out of their minds for this Is one. it arguable that Tampa Bay has a stronger support base in the the bubble-ish games than they do in their own home stadium? Well, I mean, there's they, no... They do allow some people in the stadium. No. No, I mean, there's, like, support staff there and... You know, I mean, are we counting the cardboard cutouts? Because I mean, like, oh, then for sure they have more people in the stand. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, if you are we counting the homeless people who live in the press box? Or <laughs> <laughs> if you see an average Tampa Bay Rays game, like it's four thousand, five thousand, eight thousand yeah. people, and if you the support staff who's in the bubble also can go just go to games. So yeah. like you're you're there, and uh, you know they have games running. Because uh, I I keep trying trying to remember, I can't remember where is the was the ALC. ALCS, no, ALDS series. Uh, in uh, LA at Dodger Stadium and, and uh, Petco. Petco. Yeah. Okay, so they're at Petco and there are seven, eight teams at Petco with them, right? No. Six teams. No. Just two? Yeah. Where were they before that? Maybe that's what I'm thinking. Home about. ballparks. Was it home ballparks? I believe I thought, so. No, I thought there was one more round that everybody was kind of together. It was like the wild card round, but I thought they had yeah. that all at the home ballparks. Maybe I'm like wrong about that. Three games all at the same place. I also have not been paying attention to baseball. <laughs> I'm getting my facts secondhand, not from Corey, from somebody at work. And I thought that he said that it was uh, that they was one round where they were all together, and then they went to Petco. Then I was thinking it was Petco, but they went to Petco for the ALDS. Uh, now they're in the ALCS. I mean, I didn't watch any of the wild card games, so I mean, it could have happened. I guess I've not been. Yeah, I've not been a loyal baseball fan this season because it's just not the fucking same. I, I'm going to be honest with you. I can't watch. Part of the reason why I love playoff baseball so much is because everyone comes there ready to go. They got their towels. They got the you know like people are are cheering, going crazy. Like you get the moment where it's a full count in the bottom of the seventh with like the bases loaded and you do the like slow pan in on the pitcher who's staring down the sign and he's, yeah. you see the sweat dripping and you just hear the sound of fucking crazy people all around and nothing beats that experience. And with no fans, it is not as much fun for me. You know, why I hate this time of year. Why? Uh, because uh, time hop is an asshole. <laughs> and I just reminding uh, you of better times going through the post of like, uh, oh, we went to De Detroit. That was amazing. Oh, the double. Great. And then I think it was today. It might have been yesterday. I saw a post that I made in the sixth inning of mm. the last game. Uh, or not the last, the last game in Baltimore versus Kansas City yeah. that I posted like, who's giving up? There's time to come back. <laughs> and I was just like, we were only down, it was like down four to one in the yeah, sixth. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, we could come back. And now with the benefit of history, I'm just like, that was such a sad moment. Like so much orange in the whole stadium, just like feeling like one living organism, just like yeah. the noise and everybody walking around and. Then we lost. <laughs> yeah. And then they went back to Kansas City and lost again. And we got swept. Oh, well. Yeah. Uh, in other uh, knocking out news. Yeah. I, I have to talk about this. And I'm not a fight fan necessarily. Mm -hmm. I don't go places to watch the fight. I wouldn't go even if we were allowed to go watch the fight. But everyone was talking about this knockout. And I was just like, all right, let me go watch it. And uh, we got the video. Can you pull up the video, Roberto? So you can see this knockout that is something out of a video game. Yeah. Like, this is a move where, uh, you know, if Corey hits X and Y and blocks my <laughs> kick, but at the same time I hit L1, R1, and triangle at the same time, he will backspin and kick his character in the face. <laughs> 
My favorite, my favorite part of this too is uh, uh, my favorite part of a great knockout. And you know, I don't want people to get knocked out by yeah. the so, yeah. But my favorite part of somebody getting knocked out like this is like there's a moment where he's like still standing there with his hands <laughs> up, and he's just like, "What the fuck just happened?" And then he falls. Down. <laughs> like, he's like, he, he didn't. It, it takes a moment for the brain to react to the fact that you just got a concussion, and you're just like, "There's a moment where he's standing there, just going like." Oh no! Have you uh, <laughs> you ever been uh, punched in the face, Corey? Yes, okay. I have. Because I would say that, like, from my perspective, it's not me sitting there saying, "What the fuck just happened?" It's the lights are already off, yeah. and it looks like everything's fine, but the lights are gone, and yeah. it's just waiting for gravity to take everything with you that way. <laughs> I I got punched like right in the nose once, like got one of those like sort of like pushed it up into the Ooh, to the yeah. bridge a little bit, and uh, I remember like it, it happened, and then I was just like. Did that just fucking happen? Like sometimes it happens, and, and your brain can't react fast enough to like what just happened. Oh yeah, so, so like when you're smoking a cigarette and a guy punches you in the jaw, and you're like, "You just punch me," and he punches <laughs> you again. So you flick your cigarette, and you turn and look at him, and he hits you a third time, and then Corey keeps you from getting a manslaughter charge. Uh, so that uh, that happened, but that the the everybody was talking about how like uh, the dude walked away after he kicked him and walked away. Yeah, like he's like he knew the fight was over. There and in the ring, he's like, "Yeah, I knew I finished him with that kick." Blah blah blah. Later on, there's an interview where he's like, "No, he had me by the foot. I yeah. kicked out of the hold and then was moving to not get taken down." Like, yeah, that's it's one of those things where you don't necessarily plan it. It's you just strike out as much as you can and then try to get away. You know, though, that you had a a really nice move. If Eventually, it shows up in a video game. Yeah, this and, and this it, will this will somehow end up in a UFC video game. Yes. I think about the Odell catch. Like Madden had to include something that looked like the Odell yeah. catch after after he made that. Uh, I, I just saw recently like clips for the new NHL game, and you can do the Michigan in it now, which is where you you pick up the puck mm. and you like sort of like throw it in as opposed to like oh. You know, like where you use the centrifugal force yeah, to keep yeah. it on the side of the uh, the stick, and then you just sort of like throw it in. Are they going to do that thing from the um, the All Star Game MVP where you give the finger to the uh, to the commissioner <laughs> and then change your jersey into a blank one and go out in the on the ice anyway? I would love that. I would That'd be my favorite part. <laughs> I would love if there was just like fucking like a, a little commentary from the players on the ice and it's just like fuck you, Batman. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I will say that if this does end up in a video game, uh, much like the Odell Beckham catch in Madden and anything that's very difficult in video games, uh, I will not be able to pull it off. No matter what it is, <laughs> it will be too complex. Uh, if it's more than, you know, uh, up, down, up, down, left, right, left, right, start, select, start, select, I can't do it. So uh, The problem is that uh, much like the Odell catch, you'll see people doing it on like unoutrageous play. <laughs> You know, like a little screen pass to the front, he back behind the line. Whoa! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, I was going to say, Roberto and I uh, play Call of Duty Warzone together all the time. And uh, you can watch those videos on Twitch, but uh, I'm terrible, and I admit that I'm terrible. And it's like, all right, hang on, let me change my sniper. And it's like, squat up. Okay, uh, pull the pin on a grenade. Nope, throw that the <laughs> other way. Uh, all right. Switch guns. Okay, now we're good to go. All of those are literally one key, and I can barely remember which key I have to hit in order to do that. So yeah. the idea that it's like, all right, so what you have to do is start the jump, and then right after you start the jump, then you throw the kick. Now, they have to block the kick. If they do block the kick, then it's kick, kick, swing, jump. 
and you'll come around and kick him in the face. And I'm going to be like, I will never, I'll <laughs> I will never, never do that. Yeah. Nope. That's just not, I'll watch the video on TikTok. I'm going to learn how to do nothing but that. And it'll just be everything I do. <laughs> or you figure out how to do it. And it's just the whole, every time it's just like, yeah. I'm going to come at you. And then <laughs> I'm pretty sure that like in one of the wrestling video games, I think, I think like with the people's elbow or something like that, when you're playing with the rock, you had to have the guy like knocked out long enough that you could do the whole yeah. move. So like I seem to remember there being like, uh, like you have the guy down and you're just like, oh, I'm gonna hit him with the people's elbow, and then he starts doing all the little moves like the taking off of the, <laughs> just like, come on, dude, he's gonna get up. Your opponent's like slamming X, just like trying to get him off the ground, and then like you know the guy like stands up and you're still like going off. Both <laughs> uh, finally, just a little NFL news. Yes. Uh, before we get into the actual games, I'd just like to mm-hmm. to let you know that oh, do we have uh, a final. There was a final mm-hmm. in the in the game between uh, the Chargers and the Saints. Uh, believe it or not, Chargers lost. I I don't know how to tell you this, but yeah, no, I was I was somehow seeing, they managed to blow this thing. I was seeing on the TV as the uh, the Saints continued to score, and then the Chargers scored again, and Drew Brees was just like, "All right," and <laughs> went back out and did Drew Brees thing. So, so uh, this week was the OTA Bowl in fantasy. Yep, and uh, I am victorious, one thirty six to one hundred eight mm. uh, in our weekly matchup. So, and, uh, uh, so everyone, when you see Rob, make sure you give him the shame bell. Like, absolutely. Make, that score uh, absolutely reflect reflects the fact that Corey spent maybe twelve hours between Monday and Thursday researching and modifying his team, and I opened my Yahoo Fantasy app for the first time since the Thursday prior to today. Not the Thursday prior to two Thursdays prior to today. I opened for the first time this afternoon and was like, "Oh, hey, I forgot to change my lineup." Yeah. Okay, well, this yeah. is it. Yeah. Um, I have left pro- some points points on the bench. That's I left a lot of points. On. Also, yeah. Dak Prescott went down in the third quarter, so he wasn't going to put up any points. Yeah. Uh, the thing I go to is, uh, we're in an election that may or may not decide whether I spend the nest rest of my natural life in a federal penitentiary and or in Guantanamo Bay. I got other things to worry about, and I can't be. Also, um. You spend a lot of time on the fantasy football, and that's good. It's a hobby. Uh, I produce 10 hours of content a week i feel like hours of i feel like you think week. i spend a lot of time on this when i don't i i i i, I check it mm-hmm, mm-hmm. thursday yep. and then sunday morning and then anything other than that is just checking the score see i, I just picture that on a tuesday when you're like all right i'm gonna sit down like i'm gonna write... sit and i'm gonna watch the game right oh, and no, then no, no, i'm no, gonna no. sit there with the phone open and i'm gonna say like it's been about a half hour since I last checked the score. Let's see what's going on. That's about the the I'm limit. I'm talking tonight. about on Tuesday when you sit down. And you're like, all right, I'm gonna get some. I'm gonna get some lines in. I'm gonna get some pages done. Let me just check on Yahoo Fantasy real quick. And then four <laughs> hours later, you're like, all right, really gonna get some writing done. Here we go. What's happening on Facebook right now? And then uh, cigarette break. And then more Yahoo Fantasy. And it's fine. Everybody's got to have a hobby. Some of us churn out 10 hours of new content a week across multiple platforms in multiple ways all over the internet, all properly branded, all fantastic. And some of us win the OTA Bowl in fantasy football. Well, I'm happy. How about that? Uh, Other people were happy. The Ravens who beat up on the Bengals, 27 to 3. The spread was 13 points. Yeah. And I listened to... Three podcasts, which have now started doing uh, sports Guess the betting. Lines, yeah. And I'm just like, 
this is not what I listened to you for, but I guess it, they're trying to be like as diverse as possible because yeah. uh, COVID. And uh, I'm hearing more gambling on my podcast too because it's legal in certain states, and I'm just like, it's really making me want to go to Vegas and put some money on some games. That's the problem. But it's uh, everybody was like, listen, the Ravens are doing super well. 13's a big number. Take the Bengals. And I, then this week, it was like, nope, that not a good idea. So the uh, an they interesting cover, I, they covered like it was like uh, 17. What was the final score? 27 to 3. Yes. Yes. So okay. 24 points. 24 points. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they covered their game plus probably another one added in there. Plus what they missed on <laughs> yeah. the spread on the Chiefs game. Yeah. I, I am a. I, I think it was kind of a pussy move to kick the field goal at the end, though, too, to avoid the shutout. The, the Bengals, with like five seconds left, kicked the field goal to avoid the shutout. And I'm a just long? Like, was it a long field goal? Eh, I mean, it was, you know, from the third, 25, 30 yard line or whatever. But like, it. it, it it, clearly the game was over they were just like let's not get a shutout let's kick the extra point yeah or kick the field goal and i'm like ah you guys somebody uh, had a really big bet for the 27 point spread and they're just like <laughs> don't you do it <laughs> don't you do it vegas <sighs> vegas can't lose this 18 million dollars <laughs> uh and then obviously the the big news it, it, it was such a weird day as far yeah. as leg leg injuries come con, are concerned because early in the early slate of games alex smith who nearly died from a leg injury that he he uh, sustained on the field, a compound uh, stress fracture and a broken ankle or something like that that he he received. See, now you said this earlier too, and I just want to make it clear. He didn't almost die on the field, though. He almost died with complications well, yes. from that injury. Right. <laughs> like He thighsmaned on the field, which yeah. sucks. But then later on, yeah, it yeah. got infected and there was a lot of complications. Right. But I mean, like... It, it, the long story short of this is yeah. this injury almost caused him to die. Yes. There were many people who were speculating after it happened that his career was done, that he would never, you know, he might lose his leg. Right. Like, so Forget his football walking. career is yeah. over, uh, but he was able to come back and rehab and play for the, I was almost about to say it, the Washington professional football team. And they are in a masterful performance and they won the game based nope. on 400 yards passing. <laughs> no, it wasn't. It wasn't good. <laughs> he got slaughtered once he went in. It was not it was not favorable for him. But yeah. it was nice to see that like everyone was so happy with that moment. And his family was allowed into the stadium. Yeah. And they were cheering when he got brought into the game and everything like that. And it was a really great moment. And then the very next game in the slate with the Cowboys, you have Dak go down in a very similar injury to the one that that befell Alex Smith. And, and there's I'm a lot thinking of, of the way you described it to me. And it's making my skin crawl right now. Uh, Cause I saw the picture and I yeah. didn't, I was like, Ooh, that's a bad injury. But your description of like, Oh, it looked like his shoe popped off. Yeah. And it didn't is accurate, but also like, Oh, uh. well, that was literally my first thought when I saw it. It looked like, have you ever seen somebody when they're uh, an athlete, when their shoe comes off and it's sort of like hanging off the end of their foot? Mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. and then usually what happens is you'll see the guy like take the shoe off and run off to the sideline. And then like three people will help him help like it shove on? it back on <laughs> yeah. uh, because they tie it so tight and they put the tape on and everything like that. It's, it's tough to get a shoe back on like right away. But like it looked like his shoe just came off and then you were seeing his face and you were like, oh, no, that is not. <laughs> yeah, that is more than just the shoe. That is his foot literally broken off of his leg uh and uh, you i think everyone universally feels for dak prescott right now especially because there was a, a lot of conversation in the offseason about whether or not uh the cowboys were going to be able to uh 
uh, or whether they were going to give him this massive contract. Yeah. And, like, it, it seemed like it was uh, bound to happen. Like, he just needed to get through the season. Yep. And he would have that huge contract. But, you know, now the his career is in question at this mm-hmm. point. Now, I guess don't feel too terrible for Dak because he is franchised for this year. So he yeah. is making $30 million for this year alone. So I, I imagine that he will be okay. I mean, it's not the same as... The problem is anybody hears this is like thirty million dollars sounds like a lot of money, but considering he could have made four hundred million dollars over the next ten years, I was gonna say uh, he's a little older than um, Mahomes. Mahomes, but he's in the territory of getting similar money to be yeah. a franchise quarterback. He's the, the he I mean, you're thinking thirty million dollars a year probably at the at the floor of yeah. what he was gonna make. So even if he had like a ten year three hundred million dollar contract, yep. that's a big difference between thirty million dollars. Yep. Yeah. And how much of that would be guaranteed if he if he had signed a long term deal and then went out through with an injury? If it, if this happened a year late a year from now and he was after he signed the contract, then guaranteed. insurance covers a lot of that. Yeah, I was gonna say it's a lot of guaranteed money too. So yeah. uh, and I do want to apologize personally to Dak because uh as I mentioned earlier, he was on my uh fantasy team. And as we know, that is just the curse the, the of kiss every of death, player. Yeah. Um if you're on my fantasy team, you're likely. Gonna That's why he was so. crying. He was just like, God damn it, Rob. I know. <laughs> yep. Uh, Why'd you do this to me? I heard the rumors. So uh, good news. <laughs> everyone, um, everyone in the league talks about who Rob took on his team. <laughs> so good news. Uh, oh yeah. By the way, second player <laughs> from my fantasy draft to go down with a uh, year-ending, possibly career-ending injury. I think. I think Saquon did it to himself. Just to avoid the the worst thing that was going to come later. Yeah, yeah, could could. What's have been the what's the ritualistic suicide? He was that was his uh, version of <laughs> seppuku. Seppuku, <laughs> yes. Uh, he he would tried seppuku. Uh, but uh, good news for people like uh, Corey who hate Los Angeles sports teams. Jared Goff up next. He'll be my starter. <laughs> yeah. So, and if there's right. a guy who looks like he's pending an injury, it's just Jared Goff <laughs> on any Sunday. Just it's en- enjoy that. <laughs> uh. And then our, our last little topic, Casey uh, getting beat by Vegas. Talk which, about beating the spread. Yeah. I think it was the same way. I think it was negative 13 and a half for Vegas. Yeah. Mm. God. <laughs> I, I still wonder. I, I, I haven't heard any tell of this specifically, but I know that uh, Vegas got into a real difficult place with the Golden Knights when they first did their inaugural season because obviously they went to the Stanley Cup. Yeah. And uh, Vegas looked to lose a lot of money because the hometown fans were coming to the casinos and betting the Golden Knights to win, regardless of Doesn't what matter. the... <laughs> yep, <laughs> like, I don't care what... Just taking the Golden Knights. Golden Knight for the Stanley Cup. And they're just like, yeah, sure. <laughs> 100 to 1. <laughs> what do we care? And then they win, and then it's just like, oh, fuck. <laughs> yeah, yeah, problematic. <laughs> now, I... So I wonder if uh, there's a similar thing where people just come rolling in going like... Raiders, <laughs> like yeah, uh, they're paying thirteen off and, at, and a uh, half against the Chiefs, one point two to one. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> we get your money back. <laughs> How's that sound, Joe? Yeah, all right. But yes, uh, I, I'm fascinated by the Raiders too. Can you have you ever seen a team that's loved so much by the places that they leave? Like, I, or every, just the fan base in general. Every Sunday in Los Angeles, I see more Raider jerseys than yep. I see Charger jerseys or Ram jerseys. Like. They left you. Yeah. And then in Oakland, still. apparently it's still like the, the most popular team to watch. Like, you know, like the Colts were dead to everybody when they left Baltimore. 
the Browns were dead to to Cleveland until they came back two so years later. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But I'm saying like, I, you know. I think it's um, it's also how you leave. Yeah. Uh, both the cases that involve Baltimore were really just about money. Mm-hmm. Uh, and L.A. when Oakland when the Raiders came to L.A. wasn't that supposed to be temporary? The no, time, it was supposed to be. Time. It was supposed to be. Oh, move here, and we'll think about getting you a stadium. And they're just like, okay. And then there they was just like, no yeah, we're not going to do the stadium thing. It's like, okay. And then they left. Yeah. And then, <laughs> so I mean, I think. And then Oakland for the last fifty years was just like, oh, we got a new stadium, and it's just like we're waiting. <laughs> so I think in the end, it's uh, also like the Colts. You left in the middle of the night, and yeah. we chased you to the border with the state police, and uh, you split up like you were bootleggers in like five <laughs> different ways out of town. Uh, you're going to get some hatred, yeah, forever. Uh, in fact, my childhood impacted greatly because my dad was just like, "Nope, football, not a thing. We don't do football." We watched ESPN Classic. We watched old games, <laughs> and when I would ask uh, ask my dad. Like, why don't we watch new games? He was just like, the NFL is dead to us. Yeah. So until, until 1995. And then yeah. <laughs> and everything uh, mysteriously turned around. And then all of a sudden, everyone owned camo pants. <laughs> <laughs> Purple camo pants. Yeah, I was going to say, I love, I can imagine the point of time that your dad goes from like, NFL's dead to us to PSL season ticket owner within five months. <laughs> just like, uh, yeah, I'm in the, dr- uh, yeah, we'll, we'll get a couple of seasons. fine. <laughs> Well, we can't go get a couple seats right now, so I guess there's only one place we can go. Where's that? Oh, the anthem.com. Oh, the anthem on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and the listener line, 443-219-7595. What's that number again? 443-219-7595. Don't forget the email, Corey at Corey, Corey at oh, the anthem.com. 340 <laughs> episodes in. You'd think that by this time, yeah, I mean, you nailed you, the transition. Yeah. It's just everything that comes after the transition. You know what the problem is sometimes? I feel like, uh, do you ever worry that like uh, you're going to, you, you're worried so much about getting the transition right uh, that yeah. you're just like, oh, I know the rest of it. I, I do that every single week. I, I, I couldn't possibly get it wrong. And then all of a sudden. I don't know if <laughs> here, you noticed. Here uh, I am just like, ah. <laughs> I don't have those kind of stressors. Uh, three seconds before the camera came up, I was straining for a drink <laughs> over the counter and then uh, slid into place like, hey. Professional. So, uh, sorry, go ahead. You, can, you can find more of me at my website, CoreyBakerFilmmaker.com, Facebook.com forward slash CoreyBakerFilm, and at LegendCB5 on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Uh, I was promising new material. Uh, I, I think have, last week you promised new material. I have signed up for uh, an HBO Max account. So, uh, <laughs> so my plans are now in order here. Uh, I just didn't have time to watch the select movie. Big spender. Uh, but uh, yeah, that will be coming shortly. So enjoy. Oh, all right. Yeah. Well, and of course, uh, if you're looking for some stuff to watch on HBO Max, Corey, uh, you can check out my movie reviews, Every Man Movie Review, uh, two episodes a week, every single week, at least three, maybe four of those have been from HBO Max. Mm-hmm. But uh, we do all the streaming services, Amazon, Netflix. Uh, latest episode to go up was Dora the Explorer, or sorry, Dora and the Lost City of Gold, yep. uh, which went up on Sunday. Before that, Motherless Brooklyn. Before that, the m- one that I forgot last week, Night- The Night Clerk. We're doing a set right now of actors that we know from certain roles in different roles that are very different than the ones we know them hmm. from. Started with Daniel Ratcliffe in Guns Akimbo, and uh, most recently was Isabella Merced in uh, Dora the Explorer, who we saw most recently after that as 
the daughter in Sicario. So she goes from like the daughter in Sicario to Dora, Dora the Explorer. Very weird. Uh, after, She's also had some interesting TikTok or interesting Instagram content to try and break the Dora thing from her. Interesting Jeez. is one way to put it. Yes. Uh, but uh, then, uh, so after we do this set of four, then we're going to move on and we're going to have uh, another couple sets of themes yeah. of movies. So make sure you're checking out youtube.com forward slash Rob Cheek for more of that. Um, if you want something more frequently than twice a week, I also have a daily podcast. It's Rob Explains. You can find that at anchor.fm forward slash Rob Explains, or it's available wherever fine pods are casted, including now Apple Podcasts. So it's now fully available everywhere. Make sure you check it out. Uh, we have episodes coming up on uh, bubble wrap and the 1908 Olympics where the Russian national team allegedly showed up two weeks late. Did they? Well, you can find out there. Um, and maybe if I can get some people around here to produce some content, I'll have some guest people coming in with their topics of choice. We'll see how that works out. But you can find more of that uh, at robertandcheek.com. Uh, you'll find links to all the stuff that I'm doing there, as well as the books which are available on Amazon. Byron's books. And, uh, yeah, look for more stuff. Uh, always looking for more ideas and stuff to produce. Of course, you can follow me playing Warzone terribly <laughs> at twitch.tv forward slash Robert and Cheek. Uh, and uh, on TikTok, where I do highlights of my terrible play. TikTok, uh, it's at Robert and Cheek there as well. And uh, Roberto joins me both on Twitch. You can find him on twitch.tv forward slash R-T-O-A-Z-N. You can find him on most social medias, R-T-O-A-Z-N. AZN, including TikTok, Instagram, and Twitter, which he never checks, despite he's going to have, what, like probably 40,000 unread messages? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so don't try to get a hold of him on, on Twitter. Uh, Instagram <laughs> is better. TikTok, eh. We'll make a list of all the social media in which you can be social with Roberto. Yes. Uh, and the list that he's on and the list that you can find him on are very different. So uh, make sure you check those out. A big thanks again for him uh, doing his producing duties today. Uh, hopefully it looks a lot better than when I'm trying to do double duty. So, <laughs> Well, I think we've done good here today. We've done something. I don't know if it's good. But as always, you're listening to the O the Anthem podcast, part of the O the Anthem digital network, official podcast of the Sons of Liberty. I mean, the <laughs> Wolverine. I mean, uh, sorry. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> Please don't implicate. <laughs> Guillotines. 2020. Uh, for Corey and Roberto, this is Rob. Wait, do you want to give him the disclaimer? Thoughts of yeah. Robert Robs. Uh, <laughs> it does not represent the Anthem or, or the Anthem industry. Uh, for Corey and uh, Roberto, this is Rob. Have a great week, everybody. One day, I wonder what episode is going to be the one that ends it all for me. <laughs> What's the one my career ends? It's already <laughs> over. You just don't know it yet.